Desert Diaries. Hello. Arizona calling right in the middle of another extreme heat warning current temperature 47 degrees no you haven't heard me wrong it's madness last week I talked about yearning for some rain for the first time in my life ever and it seems mother nature is a desert diaries listener Hello. Because at six o'clock last Friday, I was merrily blobbing along in the pool and as if by magic, an almighty storm blew in. Rain so torrential, it was almost painful to stand out in. Wind that gave serious shakes to the palm trees in our garden and a good old dollop of thunder too. It was amazing. It raged for about 20 minutes and then the second it was over, the desert heat swung back in and dried absolutely everything up. Now, the craziest thing about this mini monsoon was the fact that friends who live in Scottsdale, 20 minutes east of where I am now, and also friends who live in downtown Phoenix, 20 minutes south of where I am now, did not have a single drop of rain. Not a drop. It was like Lookout Mountain, which is on our doorstep, has its own microclimate. But regardless, the second summer still hasn't really rocked up and there hasn't been any danger of any rain since then. But we did manage to get out of the heat for a short while this week and headed up north to the cooler Arizona uplands. And oh, what a wonderful trip. We left early doors on Sunday, mainly because all the campsites within two hours of Phoenix were booked out on Fridays and Saturdays, weeks in advance. We're clearly newbies at this whole escaping the heat story and we weren't quite quick enough off the mark. But I'd popped to update some camping supplies a couple of days before and was quite bemused slash terrified to see amongst mosquito nets and bug repellent that the store was selling double packs of bear spray. (laughs) bear spray really it was in the essential items aisle of this camping store i mean i thought is this to attract the bear or repel them do you spray it around the perimeter of your tent why did it put them off why did bears hate it what did it smell of it turns out you don't spray it around anywhere to repel bears you spray it at bears if they're charging towards you kind of like bear mace I couldn't help but think if a bear is charging towards you, it's probably a little bit too late to start rummaging around in your rucksack for a canister anyway. (laughs) So I left it. Mm, Life on the edge, eh? We filled up the car before we set off. And you might think, yeah, of course you need petrol in your car. This isn't news. But this blew my mind so my car is a toyota people carrier type thing you know enough for two kids and dogs and camping gear and it was totally empty of gas so i popped to the circle k or wherever the heck i went some gas station and filled it up filled up an entire tank of an suv with petrol how much you ready twenty dollars eighty three cents $20.83. Now, I did have some club card thing which gave me a bit of a discount, you know, some loyalty scheme, but what? That's about 16 quid to fill up an entire car. I had a Golf in England that was around 50 quid on a good day. So anyway, blimey, I digress. Pandemic, all prices, I don't know what it was, but I felt very lucky indeed. So rammed with a tent and sleeping bags and pillows and roll mats and sadly no cider, we did trundle up the 87 highway. 
As we left Phoenix, we were met with an absolutely startling spectacle. Scorched desert for as far as you can see. Black and Suaro standing like shadowy figures amongst other singed plant life. It was the result of the bushfire, one of three massive wildfires which have raged in Arizona this summer. It was started by a vehicle fire in June and ended up affecting more than 190,000 acres of Tonto National Forest. I mean, it was both eerie and, and really quite compelling to drive through all this devastation. It was like just nothing I'd ever seen before. The desert does have an incredible capacity to heal itself, but that doesn't mean all the plants will sprout after the rains finally do come. And I wonder how long the effects of this human caused fire will last. We drove for a couple more hours past Mesquite Wash and Sycamore Creek and Whiskey Springs, watching the landscape turn from desert to rugged boulders and then into dense pine forest. Again, it was like we were on a different continent, let alone in the same state. As we climbed up through Payson and into the forest, we felt the air cool around us and for the first time in ages opened the car windows as we were driving along, giving the aircon a break. We arrived at the Muggy and Rim campsite after driving down a dirt track for a couple of miles and stumbling across a clearing in the pine forest. We passed a sign warning that we were in bear country and not to surprise any bears. Has <laughs> this made them angry? I did have a pang of regret about not getting that bear spray at that point, feeling both quite scared at the thought of angering a bear and also really, really wishing we could see one. I mean, they are just beautiful and amazing and we were on their turf, let's not forget. Despite some other campers around, it was beautifully tranquil and the coolness of the early afternoon air was blissful. We found our patch and got the tent up in record time and set off for an exploratory stroll down a pathway that wound into the forest. Now, I didn't quite know what to expect, but it wasn't what we found coming to a clearing at the edge of the woods. I thought the Mogollon Rim would look like a kind of crater. Few boulders here or there, few trees. No. I think the only way I can describe it is it's like the Grand Canyon of trees. Dramatic sandstone and limestone cliffs that then completely give way and as far as the eye can see, undulating across the landscape, millions of pin-straight pine trees. Unbelievable. There are some snaps that do it absolutely no justice at all on Facebook. Just search for Sam Walker's Desert Diaries and come and join our little gang. Be nice to see you. The rim actually runs more than 200 miles, cutting across the northern half of Arizona and running all the way to the New Mexico border. There are dramatically different species of flora and fauna which live at the top of the plateau to those that live on the bottom. And that's how massive it is. It was one of those moments where you feel both completely connected to nature and also completely insignificant. Such was its massive scale. After months of being mainly indoors, oh, it was just so what we needed. On the stroll back to the campground, we managed to avoid any bears once again, but spotted a massive black and orange wasp-type creature running along the ground and jumping on some rocks, which made the yellow wasps that dive bombers in the pool at home look positively benign. I took a photo and showed it to the nine-year-old who'd stayed with her sister at the campsite playing. 
And immediately, she knew what it was. Wow, she said. That's a tarantula hawk. They're a type of spider wasp. They sting a tarantula, paralyse it, drag it back to their nest, and then they lay an egg in the hole in the spider's body. And when the larva hatch, (laughs) it feeds off the spider, basically eating it alive until it's grown enough to fly away and start all over again. Oh, and their sting is one of the most painful in the world. She paused for breath. I wish I'd seen it. She's nine. (laughs) She watches a lot of nature channels on YouTube, but where she gets this from? She's nine. Uh, All I could think was, I'm so glad I asked. (laughs) Anyway, we spent a glorious evening eating soggy pasta cooked on a little stove and building a campfire. As is the law on any camping trip, we roasted marshmallows on sticks and made s'mores that drip like sticky lava down our chins. I can't remember if I've mentioned s'mores to you before, but they're an American campfire staple consisting of roasted marshmallow sandwiched with a hunk of chocolate that softly melts with the hot marshmallow between graham crackers. They're they're a sort of sweet biscuit, a bit like a cross between a rich tea and a digestive. And FYI, spelt Graham crackers if you were ever to say spend ages in a supermarket looking for graham crackers, because why would you pronounce Graham graham that's another story. <laughs> they also make your teeth hurt because they're so sweet, but they're delicious. Yum. We had a bear-free night, although I did share a moment with a massive stag beetle that ran across my sleeping bag as I was getting changed in a dimly lit tent. I think those screams probably made all the bears run away. So, silver linings. The next day, we drove to Woods Canyon Lake just down the road, one of a number of lakes along the rim, and vowed to come back to rent kayaks and swim and just get away from it all again. I eyed each and every RV there with massive envy, desperate to ask the owners if I could go and have a look inside. really want one. We left Muggy and Rim in 74 degrees, that's 23 in new money, and we were home in less than two hours, baking in 107, or about 41. Arizona never fails to amaze me with how many different landscapes it has nestled away, tucked down here in the southwest of the States. Do you know, life's been tough for so many reasons recently, but man alive, we're lucky to be here. I'll see you in the desert. (laughs) 